welcome to the soccer podcast where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. Sebastian, we got a lot to cover this week, man. There's between this week and last week, there's been a lot of soccer, a lot of things going on in the world. Not only that, between like 10 minutes ago when we and I started talking until we started recording, there's a lot that just happened as well that we'll talk about in a minute. But um, first, we'll start with uh, Diamonds Practices. So far, we just finished week two. Unfortunately, yesterday we got rained out uh, or stormed out. Um, so we couldn't train last night. But uh, overall, I think the team is doing, doing really well. Uh, we're looking really good. And I'm excited for a week from Saturday. Yeah, um, it kind of takes it, – it's funny. The diamonds practice, like what we've been saying with building relationships and cohesion and stuff like that, it's almost like everybody's a freshman in college again. Yeah, like we're like college coaches, like we recruited everybody from different walks of life. I mean, some players know each other, some players maybe played against each other, but you know they've got to learn how to build relationships and learn each other, befriend each other, all that good stuff. So it's like you know, freshman in college. That's right. This is going to be an interesting uh, week as we we basically prepare for our first game. We got a couple of players that are out of town, so it's going to make the first <laughs> this last week of practices before our first game and before we really start. I mean, we get a little bit of a break before between our first game and our second game. Um, you know, our first our home kickoff is Saturday at side of the 12 at 7 p.m. Middletown Village. Um, and then after that, we we get nice little eight day break before we go play on Father's Day uh, up at PA. And then after that, we basically go like three games a week kind of thing um, or basically a game every three days. We, we basically play a game every three days um, until the last week where we have a week break before we before we play again. But uh, it, it'll definitely be interesting. I think, um, as you mentioned, the, the idea of building relationships is going to be key um, for us right now. Uh, we are going to have to put all the pieces together in a very short amount of time. Um, and we're going to have to, and there's going to be some players that are going to be put in positions that they've never been in before. Um, which I'm really excited to see how they how they react to that. Um, I, I almost want to leave it as like a teaser that like we're we're, we're going to do something that I don't think anyone else in this league is going to do. Um, so we're we're bringing in a player that no one else in the league would ever bring on the team, but we are because we have a lot of faith in this player. So I'm excited for that part in and of itself. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, it, again, it, it finishes out that that pathway, right? So I think that, I mean, that's key to it. It's not that we're trying to go into the UWS record book. No. <laughs> um, it's just part of the process. And that player just fits that process, that specific process right now. I think that's a good time for that player to kind of realize where they are. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not that this player is going to come in and like all of a sudden get major minutes or, or, or do anything else, but just be part of the experience of it. Yeah, like we're not looking for the news crew to come in here. Like, oh my god, no, no, just we're just we're doing the right. We're doing what we think is the right thing to do with this player. Um, So more more news to come. Maybe we'll break the news next week on the podcast. You know, day before the the next week, we gotta get we gotta get all the a lot more players on. We got one coming on today, but we gotta get more players on next week before we before we kick off the season. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll get our two oldest players on the team on the podcast since they played together in high school. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do that. Um, 
And then you had we had Zoom two boys ID sessions this week. Uh, yeah, how'd those go also, on Tuesday. Also, also got rained out. Also got rained um, out last night. No good. Uh, I mean, good numbers from all three age groups um, to add on to the team, um, especially in the younger 2009 age group. It was good to have. They had like ten kids that are interested in joining that team. So that's huge for that group going into next year because, I mean, now you're looking at almost 20 kids born in 2009. And we're kind of trying to keep up with the girls 2009 group over there that has army of 28. So now we'll be able to go play them on two fields. It'll just be 2009s playing across all the fields. But the ID sessions were great. Um, a lot of parents had questions. A lot of parents, you know, expressed like they realized the time was now. And that's good that they see that, hey, if we're looking at playing high school soccer, we need to look at it before we get to middle school. Because if you try to do it the year before you get to high school, there's only so much we can do in a year. And yeah. development takes time and it's a process. Yeah, for sure. Um, so no, I, I think it'll be I think it ultimately will be a lot of fun. Um we're going to have a good time with this, with this year. Um, it, it's, it's exciting to see all the new players that are coming out. That's, that's been really, really fun. Um, and then tomorrow. Also, yeah, I go ahead. Shout out. I want to give a shout out to coach. Tope. Uh he's a rec coach who directly reached out to me with a player. And also came out to the tryout to make sure that player was there, had a conversation with his dad, kind of saying, Hey, this is where you want to be. Trust me, trust the process. Cause he's kind of seen it with some of his older, uh, his other players. And I think that's, that leads us right into, that's a perfect segue into the idea of the rec three V three that that's tomorrow. That starts tomorrow. Um, you know, we have a three V three tournament for our recreational players. And I think that three V three is a, it, it kind of bookends the season. It closes it out, but at the same time, it's a great place for us to see some players compete and now in an environment where, there's a little bit more competitiveness coming out, right? Like this, you're playing for something. And even though it's a three V three, you still get, you get to see some of the individual skills that players have. Um, oh, I mean, it's, it's funny. Cause you like, you go in there with somebody who's never seen this three V three, right? You got kids out here with like France national team jerseys, oh, yeah. names on the back. And not, like people go all out for this. This is, this is a, a date that's circled on a lot of calendars because yeah. it's so competitive. Yeah. So, yeah, I think yeah. that's that's the fun part about it, right? Like, I think it brings out a different level to the recreational program, and I think, um, you know, it, I think it'll be a really fun experience for everybody. Yeah, I, I like I like seeing you know those super teams of those players that were really good rec players, but I also like seeing those teams that were friends, right? Yeah. Play those super teams and take down the super teams. Yeah, I think that's pretty awesome. But I mean, again, it's a good experience for everybody. You know, some players are just out there like, hey, we got an extra Saturday. We just want to play. Right. And some players are like, hey, we're, it's, it's all or nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, but overall, good times. Um, so a lot of good work goes into it. So a big shout out to to all those volunteers that help put all that stuff together. I know Jeff Cameron is uh, is working some late nights lately trying to get everything sorted out for referees and stuff like that. So a big shout out to everybody for for kind of putting it all together. All right, so today uh, I get to go back um, and revisit some some of my favorite players that I've ever gotten to coach. Uh, I've talked about this group. We've had one of our previous players uh, or one of our 
our first former player from Delaware Union, our first Delaware Union alumni came back and I went back through the um, through the logs of all the podcast episodes. And this is going back to episode 13 when Maddie Naw was on the uh, on the podcast and Maddie Naw used to play on the 01 girls team. Um, and out of that team, uh, there was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe six players that I coached when I first started at the club and throughout those, um, those six players stayed throughout their entire high school career at Delaware union. And now, um, out of those six players, three ended up going to play college soccer and two of them are here with us today. Uh, so Caitlin Yurkovich and Maddie Worry are here. Hello. Hi. Hi. What's up? <laughs> so i mean right off the bat like uh and and maddie's currently playing on our delaware union diamonds team so i get to see maddie on a on a weekly basis a couple times a week and she, i get to see her on the field and i get to coach her again which is pretty cool same thing with with mo um but caitlin uh surprised me two weeks ago uh and just showed up at the field and it was probably the like the best thing i had that happened that day uh so what is it about Delaware Union that kind of brings you both back to the field? <laughs> um, for me, I know club soccer was like my foundation, like in high school, like college, like that's what kind of keeps everything together. So like dealing with like high school stuff and school and everything, that was my foundation. So now that I'm home again, same thing for me. York, what, what, what made you come back to Middletown Village that night? Um, I just think that whenever I was at like MTV or like just anything with Delaware Union, like I was always having fun, like always smiling, like it just always was something positive. So, um, I just wanted to come back and, you know, say hi. That's great. And that's, and I think that's the really fun part. That's that's the really good part about your group in general, that entire O one one team. And even the, the 11 seniors we graduated, um, in in that class of 2020 i think um my goal is to be for the end of the year to hopefully see all of you right my goal is to see all 11 of you at some point so far i've seen one two three of you no four i've seen four of you right so i gotta i gotta catch the rest of them at some point this summer hopefully the (laughs) diamonds playing and maddie and mo playing on the team brings back at least sid Right. At least Sid, Sid has to at least make it to her sister's game at some point during the year. Uh, but but my goal is in general to see everybody. But uh, Maddie is at Alvernia University. Caitlin is at Harkin College. So how was your freshman year of college in general? How was the, the first time uh, for the both of you being away from home? Uh, so how was that experience like? Uh, Caitlin, go first. Um, so I really enjoyed my first year of college. Um, it was like a little bit of an adjustment at the beginning because you don't have someone like telling you like, Oh, like go get dinner. Like you just really have to like learn to like pay attention to everything by yourself. Um, I had all in-person classes just because of my program. So, um, I really had to make sure I was staying on top of everything and like just making sure I was doing the best thing for myself. Um, and then we had soccer in the spring, which, you know, obviously adds a little bit of a challenge because you're adding like practice to you're on top of like an already busy schedule. So, um, but I really enjoyed it. Awesome. 
Maddie, how was your freshman year? Same thing, like just a huge transitional year. Like you're on your own. You're having to plan out your whole day, a lot more free time. So it was good. Most of my classes were in person second semester, but first semester was a little harder with like mixed classes, some online, some in person, you're running around. But second semester was a lot better. All in-person classes and soccer started, which helped like time management a lot more. So, yeah, I mean, it's no surprise that usually uh, teams that are when teams are in season, the GPAs are higher than when teams are not in season. Uh, There's a lot more structure to it. Uh, study hall times and all and all that other stuff that ultimately helps keep everything organized. Because um, especially, and I think you're both right. You know, you're coming off of high school where you had a bunch of different activities that you had to do during the day. You you went to school in a structured time, basically same same time in, same time out every day. Other activities, um, and you were both heavily involved in, in school, so you had activities throughout the entire year. So all of a sudden, now you're going to like this mixture of classes where, like, maybe one maybe one day you're done at noon, and then you have nothing else to do, or you have like a four hour break in between, and now you got to study and, and all these other things that that do make the structure a little harder. Um, how was your? You both got to have a spring season, which is great, uh, but how was how is that considering? You didn't really have a spring high school season your senior year. Um, so you basically went, what, an entire year without really playing soccer. So how is how is that adjustment when you guys got back on the field? <laughs> you, Maddie, you, you can go first. Yeah, Maddie, you can go. That's fine. Okay. Um, and like you said, it was like a whole year without playing. So huge eye-opener and adjustment. I think for our team in general, like our coach recognized that and was really like understanding. And I think everyone like on the team and on the field knew that too. So it was definitely like, all right, no time to slack around. Like we had to start back up again. And then the season wasn't a full one. It was a four game season, which is better than nothing. Um, But it, it was a foot in the door for next season, which is hopefully more realistic and how it like should be. So. Yeah, it's good. Well, and I think the other the other upside to it is that um, you get to really just roll right into the right into the fall. You don't get to have the your freshman year of high of college. As soon as you're starting college, you're starting soccer, and then and then then soccer ends, and then you're just now you have to like basically discover the school kind of. Now you got you got to do that at the beginning, which is interesting because not a lot of people get to do that, uh, especially fall sport athletes. It's it's hard to do that, so you got a different experience. Kaylin, how was it for you? Um, so our soccer season had eight games. We actually made it to like, um, I think it's called like the district playoff. Um, unfortunately we lost, but it was just like a really good, like learning opportunity. We were able to, you know, like transitioning from like high school to college soccer. It's like a whole different ballpark. Like it's very different. It's a little bit more of a faster playing style. It's more aggressive. Like people are like want to be there like whereas high school their parents might be like forcing them to do it so it was definitely very enjoyable but it was also we had to learn quickly because we didn't have like as much of a preseason but we all worked really hard and it was just good to have and your your school only has freshmen and sophomores in general right right but you're going to school but you're going up against four-year schools right um we like we can scrimmage them we scrimmage okay. one four-year school 
I got you. All right. So that that can imagine that's that's got to be a big change because there is a there is a, there's always a um, a natural change. Um, you know, not only do you adjust to the to the, the the speed of play being faster, but even just the physical change of like now going into weight rooms, right? Now having that structure mm-hmm. of of doing something that you probably didn't really get a chance to do in high school. For sure, we didn't get to do that in club soccer. Uh, but now that's a big, that's a big component. So now, especially if you're going up against players that are a year older, two years older, three years older, or four years older, depending on the situation, um, there's a big adjustment period to that. And I think that's one of the really fun things about college soccer is that it does give you that experience. And it's almost like the moment where you got comfortable in high school soccer. Right. And and it was really tough for the both of you because you didn't get to have your senior season. Um, but the moment you get comfortable as like an upperclassman in high school, all of a sudden, boom, you get knocked back down to the bottom and you have to like rework that challenge, which I think for the two of you, um, having known you for such a long time, uh, you know, going up against a tough challenge has never been something that's, that's new to either of you. Right. That's, that's always, that was always the start of our season. <laughs> Every year we would go, Oh, this is going to be our year. We're going to do so awesome. And then all of a sudden the season started and like, three players wouldn't show up. We would get sick. We have injuries. We like, so all these things started happening, but I think that's where the resiliency came from, uh, especially for your group. Um, and, and I, and I've talked about this, you know, as one of the examples for, for other teams. And I, and I bring this up not only for all of you as players, but also for your, for your families and, and the support system that you guys had during your club, your club experience. I think, you ended up having, you were part of a group that was somewhat special in the sense that your families all understood the the concepts, right? And um, and I got to talk to Maddie's dad recently at the field and, and he brought up a really good point of just like, we understood, we don't really understand that until he, he told me, he shared something with me. He's like, I never really understood something that you were doing while, while Maddie was in high school, but I understand that now looking back and and kind of realizing that like yeah it, it doesn't make sense to try to play travel soccer at the same time as you're trying to play high school soccer like there's just too much going on like and you're like and, and again it's one of those things that we're part of it is experience right and we've made mistakes and i've made mistakes even coaching you guys but part of it is the experience and the learning process of it but i think the 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 idea of trust in the process was was really uh, embraced by by not only all of you as players, but I think your families. And that ultimately helps because it created a low-stress environment, I think, for all of you to come into, right? Um, outside of Maddie's mom yelling every once in a while just to uh, for her to just, like, keep going, um, th- we didn't have any drama, right? Like, there was there was zero issues on oh, your no. team. Mm-hmm. And and we can probably we can probably sit here and count, like, the number of games we won in two hands in five years. Um <laughs> And we might be, we might have a hand left over at the end, uh, but it was never really about that. I think, um, I think that's the hard part sometimes to understand, especially for younger players. And we'll we'll talk a little bit about that later. Um, but why did you, to both of you, choose the schools that that you that you ended up uh, going to, uh, Caitlin? Why did you use Harcum? Um, well. Like right off the bat, I knew I wanted to be like a radiologic technologist. So like I was looking at schools specifically for that program. Um, and then I was looking at soccer because I knew at the end of this, I wanted a good career where I was going to be set up and all of that. So um, 
then I, when I started looking into the soccer program, I was like, this like is really the school for me. I think like, this is a great fit. Like it has everything I want. I'm going into the career I want. I'm already in the program. Like I should, I should play soccer while I can. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Maddie, what about you? Why Alvernia? I mean, I think you might remember like when I started my search, it was really early, like mm-hmm. freshman year. Yeah. And I would get the list for like our scouting tournaments from you. And I would literally go through all the lists, find my major and all of them, write them down and then email the coaches. Yep. And then of course I switched my major and like sophomore, junior year from physical therapy to occupational therapy. So that narrowed down my options a lot. Um, so then in that search, I came across Alvernia and I don't really think it was until I had my overnight with some of the soccer girls that I realized, like, I think this is where I want to go. And then the more, like I stayed involved with the school, like emailing the, the coach and then touring multiple times and going back for activities. Then I realized like, it's just a feeling like I just felt like that, like I knew it was the place. And we, we talk about it all the time and, and both of you have been a part of multiple college trips that we've taken throughout the, throughout the years. Um, and, and a lot of the times we would, you know, we would go through the college, uh, especially that one of the last ones we took, we went on a, we went, we toured three different schools, I think in, in one tournament, we went down to Virginia, we did Mary Washington, um, William and Mary, and, um, there was one other school that you guys did like an academic tour of or something like that. Um, I forget which one it was, but, but through that, every time we would, I would, you know, the, the tour would end, whether we met with the academic side of the school or, or the athletic side of the school, the question was always like, what did you think? You know, did you enjoy it? And, and the response was always mixed, right? You know, some of you were like, yeah, that's, that's cool place. Or like, no, like I, this is definitely not the place for me. And I think it's always hard to, to describe that feeling, right? When you ultimately, when you know, you know, right? Like when you know the school, when you know it's the right fit, when you know it's a place you want to go. And Maddie and I had this conversation many times after practices or before practices of like, you know, the stress that sometimes gets created in the idea of like, not only looking for, for a college in general, but now you're adding the soccer component to it. Um, and, and my reaction was always like, listen, you will find your place. Cause I remember, I remember, your, your senior year, you were pretty stressed out about it. Right. And you guys, you still hadn't made the decision yet. And, and I told you, I was like, you know, part of it is you're just going to know, right. It's going to, it's, you know, part of it is the constant communication with you and the coach, right. Like just reach out. And we've had college coaches on the podcast before. And the, the answer has always come back to um, keep reaching out. Right. Until you get told, Hey, listen, you know what? I don't want you in my school. Just keep reaching out because I think that's the part that gets missed. Like sometimes if you don't get a response to an email, you're like, oh, that's it. I don't, I, I don't, I'm not wanted. Well, hold on. Like people miss emails, right? Everyone's, everyone's a human being, right? We all, we all make mistakes and, and things like that. But until you get like an absolute, like flat out negative response, there's always a way to like kind of work things out or try to work things out. And I think um, Maddie's the the example of doing that, right? Just constantly reaching out until I, you, you were telling me like, should I contact, like, should I text? Should I call? I'm like, yes, do, do all of it. Right. Like until you get told, no, just continue to reach out. Like if it happens to be, if it has to be daily or weekly, whatever it is, just keep doing it. Um, so, uh, let's, let's go into 
the memory bank. Um, so how at what point did you both start uh, playing at Del Arena? I think Caitlin, you were your fresh your first year of travel was my first year of coaching you guys, right? Right. And Maddie, you had joined the year before. Yeah. Okay. But when did you guys start playing soccer in general? Do you remember that? Oh gosh. I played rec at Glasgow for a while. I think I was like, uh, second grade maybe. Mm-hmm. But Okay. Caitlin? I've been playing soccer for as long as I can remember, so there you go. Pretty long. <laughs> <laughs> um and what what's something that you remember about your days of playing at Delarine? It was just fun. Like like you mentioned, like the whole parent, like we never had drama. We never had drama really on the team either, which just made it fun. Like it took so much pressure off. And again, the number of times we won was questionable. <laughs> yeah. But it it was still fun, like traveling with the team and we all wanted to play when we were there. So yeah, it was fun. Caitlin? I, I think, um, like, one of my, like, the memories that always stand out is, like, going to tournaments and, like, singing happy birthday to you <laughs> all the time. It was never my birthday. Of, <laughs> it was never your birthday when we went to a tournament, but you always got some happy birthday, so. I'm not entirely sure where that started, but it definitely it, it definitely was like years of the same thing over and Virginia over. Virginia Beach tournament. That's where it started. That's where it started? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I think... <laughs> And I think, and this is something that I think I, I and I, and I've spoken to Caitlin about this recently. Um, you know, I, I've talked to one of our high school age teams this year about the idea that they're getting into an age where as you get into high school soccer, you know, the team that you've been with for, for years now ultimately starts splitting up because maybe you all went to the same high school and not now maybe, or you went all to all went to the same middle school and all of a sudden now you're going to different high schools or your group of friends starts becoming different because maybe, you know, in, in high school, you don't always have the same classes with the same people or, or whatever the case is. So there are going to be, you know, within the group of, you know, 16, 17, 18 players, there are going to be smaller groups of people, which is natural, right? I, I think I mentioned this to all of you from the beginning. Um, my goal isn't for all of you to be best friends with each other, right? Having 17 or 18 best friends is completely unrealistic as a human being. Uh, I, I, constantly talk about it if i've had the same two friends since i was in seventh grade and since seventh grade i've really only picked up like one real like person that i talk to on a daily basis and and duane's on the podcast now like duane's getting close to that like friend like he's (laughs) on that he's on that friend zone almost uh but (laughs) but but in reality like i've talked to three people on a constant basis and that's it like outside of that you know not much but um, but one of the things we talk about is like the, the, the importance of having respect for each other, right? How important the group is and, and understanding that you don't have to be best friends with each other. You don't, you don't honestly, you don't really have to like each other all that much if you don't, right? Kaylin, I've had that, Kaylin and I have had that conversation before as well. Um, but you do have to respect each other, right? At the end of the day, when the ball rolls, you're all playing for the same objective, right? You're all playing not only for yourselves, but for each other. And if we start sabotaging ourselves from within, then that then nobody wins at that point, right? And in a team that really couldn't afford to like purposely give up, uh, you know that that became really important because it kept us. I will tell you that it kept us in games that we probably shouldn't have never been in, 
Um, and I think that gets missed. But if we go back to the results, of, like, if we go through the through the entire like God soccer like list, if it's still somewhere, and we go back to the results of the teams we played against and the results, I don't remember many times of us losing like eight or nine nothing. I, I don't remember many times that happening. We may have lost three or four nothing and and never really got a shot off on goal, right, or something like that. But but that just speaks to how resilient your your group was. So. Um, from a talking to the younger generation of players, right now you you get both get to come back and and Caitlin gets to kind of visit and walk around the fields and Maddie gets to play again as a as a Delaware Union player this summer and ultimately you know next Saturday when we kick off for the first time there's going to be a lot of younger girls and players just watching Maddie. Um, and the cool thing is that's where Maddie used to train, you know, two or three times a week. Uh, so what advice would you give? the high school ages or even the younger ages as they come up on the idea of that team chemistry and how important that is. I would tough, say it's always, <laughs> I would say um, just like, remember at the end of the day, you guys are a team. You guys have to work together because if not, you're just not going to win. I mean, like we didn't win that much, but at the end of the day, we were still a team. We were all really for the most part we were all really nice to each other we had our like group of friends like sometimes it was me maddie and Nat that were like really close to each other but at the end of the day we still talked to everyone else we still were nice to everyone else and we were able to all like we could all have a conversation at practice and no one was going to argue with each other so just remember like these people aren't here to like sabotage you they want to do they want to win just like you so just always like be nice to each other maddie any words of wisdom no i totally agree and like what you said about respect like as long as you have those like you said you don't have to be friends with like every single person on the field there are going to be groups and there are going to be closer people like to each other instead of like it being like one whole big team friendship it could be like that but I mean, you're all, again, you're all working towards the same goal. And as long as you all know, like everyone is working towards that goal and you all want to be there, you all want to play, you all want to have fun. Then like, it's, it's going to work out. You're all going towards the same thing. So. I think part of it is understanding roles and responsibilities, right? And we, we defined those very early on. And that was almost a foundation of the team that we had, you know, we, I, from the beginning, something that I decided to do with your group um, was I was completely, I'm usually honest, I'm, I'm very honest with players to begin with, but I was honest, we were going to be honest with each other, right? So we talked about our strengths and we talked about our weaknesses. And I think that right off the bat allowed us to be really honest with each other, right? Like if there was something we weren't going to be able to do, yeah, like, I mean, Maddie might have scored the most goals with her head on the team, even though she was one of the shortest players on the team. But we never we never hid the fact that, like, Maddie wasn't necessarily going to win every ball out of the air. So how were we going to counteract that? Right. Like, So we had to work on like, all right, so then let's make sure that you make sure that the other player doesn't try to win the ball out of the air. Right. Like, how do we do all that? All those things. Right. Caitlin and Natalie as the two center backs. We always knew it. Caitlin was going to be the faster one and Natalie was going to be the more technical one at times. Right. So, and, and we never hit that. We just always, we found that we actually 
took that took that and made it an advantage for us, right? We always knew that Natalie would step first, right? And she would try to win the ball first. And Caitlin was always there to clean it up if it needed to be cleaned up, right? Because we knew she was going to put in a like really hard tackle on somebody and send their flying. Yeah. Um, but that was that was the whole point. I think at times that's hard, right? And I think it's hard for and I think that again goes back to the idea of the of the of your parents all understanding that we were blatantly honest with everybody. I, I constantly talk about this with your group that if I wasn't there for a game, let's just say I was going to show up late to a game or, or something like that. I could have not shown up and all of you would have put the starting 11 on the field that needed to start. And you would have subbed yourselves at the right times and who needed to come off. Right. Like Caitlin can probably count in her hands. The number of times she's actually come off the field with me as her coach. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't a whole lot. Um, but everybody accepted that, right? Like everybody accepted that we had two center backs already that, um, at times, maybe in the last year, Natalie moved up to the middle of the field just to, to fill a void that we needed to be filled there as well. But for the most part, everybody kind of had an idea, understanding of where you played. Maddie might've played the most amount of positions out of anybody on the field. Uh, just because it was always like, Maddie can play anywhere. Let's put Maddie anywhere on the field. Um, but, but at the same time, I think. We had the players, you know, we all, we, we had the player that could only play 10 minutes at a time. Uh, all of us on this, on this, we know exactly who she is and she understood her role. She understood she was going to play 10 minutes at a time. And it was like 10 and one seconds. And she was already raising her hand. Like I'm done. <laughs> like I need to recharge the battery before I can go another 10 minutes. Um, but I think that was the beauty of the team. It, it, nobody, I don't think I've, I think in the five years, there was only one complaint about playing time. Um, and that player did not last very long on the team. And I think that was the other part. Like it never really had to be about, it was almost not about the quality of person player. It was always about the quality of the person, right? Um, when players just ultimately didn't fit into the team chemistry of it, the quality of the person just didn't, just didn't fit in. Not because they were bad or good or whatever, just didn't fit our team. Um, they always just kind of found their way like out. It, it wasn't because all of you were mean. You were always, always very respectful as a group. And I think we brought in younger players to play with all of you. We brought in older players at times to play with all of you. And you, all of you accepted it and, and were really embracing of anybody that came in. Um, but it was always, it did always come down to the quality of the person uh, for all of you. It had to fit the quality of people we had on the team. And again, not all of you talk to each other. Not all of you. I guarantee you that if you, uh, you know, out of the 11 seniors, how many have you actually, have you actually talked to in the last year? There's probably, you know, the two of you have only probably talked to one other one or maybe two. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. And that's perfectly fine. Right. But it not, it doesn't say, but it doesn't mean that if we were to do a reunion, like an old one girls reunion in like 10 years, right. 2030, we're bringing back the old ones. Uh, and we got 11 players. Doesn't mean that all 11 of you wouldn't be exactly the same way we were, you know, last year. So, all right. Uh, last, last question. Uh, any memories of me as a coach <laughs> that don't involve my fake birthdays? Uh, Zen coach. Zen that coach. Was, that was a little phase there. <laughs> that just, I was. To give everyone a little background on that, Sebastian went through a phase where he would like kick chairs and stuff. Yeah. And he would get really angry. And then there was just like a month 
where he just was like so calm for no reason. And it was kind of scary for all of us. We're not gonna lie. <laughs> we didn't know how to react. <laughs> yeah, I didn't kick. I didn't kick chairs. There was a time where I coached barefoot. Yeah. You yeah. you wore your hat the whole game. Like, I wore, yeah. So I think weird. that was more scary though. When you, when I, something wrong happened and the hat wasn't getting thrown and the chair wasn't getting thrown, we thought well, we really messed up. Yeah, that's the like, and it was, and that was interesting. Like now, I, I feel like you know that that was part of the the growth that I had with your group. Um, you know, just as much just as much development as all of you got in those five years. So did I. You know, I, like I don't think I'm the same coach that I was when I first started coaching you. I think. If I look back on some of the things that we did, I probably would have done some things differently. Um, but ultimately, it's part of the learning process for me as a coach as well. But, you know, the fun part is, is that, like, I look back and I laugh at those moments, right, of throwing hats and things like that. And and I don't do that as much anymore. I'm way more relaxed and way more calm. Um, but I think it's because I have a different approach to practices, too. And I think that was the biggest thing. I feel like I feel like. I would carry a lot of tension because I felt like at practice we weren't doing as as good of a job as we should have been doing. And partially that part of that was was my approach to practice, and it should have been a little bit different. But um, so part of it was just like a lot of like tension that I had that I just had to like release it during games. And it was <laughs> I was the closest thing to like you know before I would kick somebody, I, w- I decided to just kick a chair or <gasps> throw a hat or or kick a ball or throw my water bottle. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad that's how you remember me. <laughs> the idea, of, the idea of me being relaxed and how it not fitting it was. <laughs> that that seems to be that seems to be the a really fun theme. All right, one last piece of advice that you might have for any young player out there that's uh, listening to the podcast, not only uh, with the idea of playing college soccer, but just the idea of playing soccer at a competitive level. Any advice that you might have from your past experiences? Maddie, you go say, first. Okay. Maddie's okay. gonna go first. <laughs> we're gonna put Maddie on the spot. Oh, great. Um, all comes down really to resilience. I think that's been brought about this whole entire like talk, like resilience and getting recruited if that's what you want to do. If you don't make the most of the time you have, um, resilience in your work ethic and how you play in games, like just with everything, it all comes down to that. Yeah. Great. Taylor? I would say um, just like don't give up and always remember like you have to be your own fan before anyone else can try to support you. So just make sure you like always believe in yourself and like you can really do anything you set your mind to. Ah, that's that's fantastic. It's really good. <laughs> Thank you. If only if only Caitlin from three years ago or four years ago was <laughs> see, there's a development we just talked about, right? <laughs> don't you wish wish that you could like record that and send it back in the future in the past a little bit yeah (laughs) yeah right no but that's good though that's that's the growth we all have as people uh well i i want to say thank you so much not only for for coming on the podcast today but also for for giving me one of the most enjoyable experiences as a soccer coach um that i've that i've had um all of my teams and and I and I think I say this on a weekly basis, like I change who my favorite player is or like who my favorite team is on a weekly basis. But um your team will always have a special place in my heart because um it's a team that 
that created a lot. Um, and at times it's hard for all of you to see it um, because you're not, you're not in the club as much uh, anymore, but um, I don't think some of the things you, all of you set, you know, set in motion for other players, for the younger players. And they're all, they're all seeing the benefits of that because of you. Um, and uh, so I want to say thank you because, you know, those younger players might not always get to see you or, or, you know, see that part of it, but uh, we do. So thank you. Thank you for that. So thanks for coming on today. Yeah. No problem. No problem. Um, I just have one more thing to say. Yeah. I just want to give um, a quick shout out to the CBAS fan underscore two mil fan page. Um, everyone go follow it on Instagram. We've had this account created for a long time because we just, we just love supporting Sebastian. So, just, you know, give it a little follow, like up all the pictures. It's there's nothing been posted but for like years now at this point we can post well, it yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll fix that we'll, we'll post that. the podcast there you go <laughs> oh my goodness uh that there you go that's another fond memory of my time coaching all of you <laughs> <laughs> i think it has every single time we sang happy birthday to you it, it might it really might all right thanks so much for coming on yep see ya thanks for having us all right, uh, Dwayne, Champions League. I mean, I, as exciting as previous years? Um, Exciting to the fact that compared to last year, there was fans in the stands and it was a lot different. Yeah. Like last, I think last year's final was just like, let's just get the final out of the way and just go on with it. Right. But I think it was it was good to see that, you know, from a world standpoint, everything's starting to come back together. Yeah. And, you know, no more of these, like, got to grab the ball off the little stand and throw it in. Like, we got ball boys. Like, we're moving forward. The play? <sighs> Man City, you kind of blew it there. I, I see where Pep was going with that formation and what he was trying to do, but I think you got to – you got to – Jesus or Aguero has to start. And yeah. then you make changes around those two, but you you operated without a true forward. And so you had to bring on a forward because of an injury, right? So I think the hard part is that, like, I think it was such a weird, and I was watching it with my dad, and it was such a weird, like, strategic, like, tactical match from both sides of it. And they were both trying to, like, play, like, almost in the middle of the field, like, it was a battle of who could control the middle of the field. Like nobody really wanted to take major risk. Um, definitely not one of the finals that I think will be, at least for me, because I'm not necessarily a Chelsea fan or a City fan, really for that for that for that case. Um, not something that's going to be memorable as like, oh no, you know, 2021 was the year that like of the final that like you know this or that like, you know. Um, but at the same time. I think the the missed opportunity was the fact that like, except for the last like five minutes when City was just like bombing forward, there was really no, there, there really wasn't any like major scoring opportunities. Well, I think you, I mean, when you put Foden and De Bruyne up top, yeah, just forwards. Well, and I think also the 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 entire like the entire, the entire dynamic of the game changes when when De Bruyne goes out. Yeah, well, I mean, like you play like 
he's in a he's a creative player. They both are very creative players and need to be a part of the attack. But they need freedom to where they they kind of had freedom where they could start the attack. But you need a forward so that they could play off and that they're facing the goal to shoot or play these balls. And when they're playing with their back to goal as a target forward, that's not their skill set. Like, yeah, they can do it. Yeah, they're world class players. They can do whatever they want. But that's not what they're comfortable doing. Like, you need to run a run at your back line, slipping that ball through. Yeah. Right. And that was the disappointing part of not having Aguero in for a longer period of time. I think I think there's some politics involved in that because the next day he's in Barcelona with his kit ceremony. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Like that was like I know Christian Pulisic got on the plane and went to Denver right away, but my man Aguero was in Barcelona taking pictures, getting his physical, ready to be part of the team. Like hundred million euro, like release clause for a two year contract. That's crazy. Well, you learn from Suarez, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, Aguero, I get it. Like, he's getting older. But, I mean, if he scores 40 goals this year because he's playing with Messi, somebody's going to come call it. That's not a bad deal to make. No, no, for sure. I'll pay no. 100 mil for this 34-year-old man. That's cool. Well, and it was just confirmed that uh, Ronald Koeman is staying on. Dude. So, Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, free, it just that's how to say it just just means that Ricky's not going to be able to play as much anymore. Um, but yeah. Um, and speaking of Christian Pulisic, you know, obviously huge win for him. Um, first American to win the the Champions League. Um, almost scored a goal. Um, you know, it was it was a really good. Like he he played some a major role in the minutes that he got. Um, and then yesterday, I mean, he gets a start. You know, less than a week, you know, after the the Champions League final, flies back to the states and then ultimately goes to Honduras. Oh no, not sorry. Uh, they played in Denver. Um, uh, but uh, ultimately gets a gets a result there. Yeah. Whether that- whether whether the result was the way they intended or not, I think it's a different story. I think it humbles a lot of people. Like, and humble as in Christian Pulisic, you went to Dortmund, right? When's the last time you played you like a soccer American style, like the North American style of soccer? It's it's not pretty. It's it's a grind. It's physical. You got to worry about players yelling at the referees, players coming in late for tackles. Like, you don't really see that in Europe too often, right? That's more of that North American style of play. Yeah. So for all of our European-based players, it's like, oh. Or for a player that, you know, is American but may have grown up overseas like John Brooks, it's like, whoa. Not used to this. And I think that's a hard part. I think this is a it's a young team, um, but also a team that that lacks a little bit of again, I still think we're missing a presence up top that can really put the pieces together. Um my boy that went up there yesterday. Theosin Siamatuch. Is that the guy with like the Tur- the Turkish Super League shouted out last week? Uh no, he won the he won the um he's in he was at Young Boys in Switzerland. He's in Switzerland. Yeah. Yeah. Um but this year he, he's technically um he was technically owned by Ren, 
and then Ren is uh, selling him to to Young Boys. So he'll be he'll be at Young Boys, which is good because Young Boys always in the Champions League or Europa League at somewhere, you know, in there. Yeah, I mean, for him, he came in and did what he needed to do. Um, I think I know it wasn't an easy goal by any standard, but I mean, he made it look easy. Like he's like, yeah. hey, I'm a threat in the box. You're gonna put the ball in the box, and I'm gonna show you why the threat. And I think that's like to your point, like Josh Sargent, he played well this year. I don't know that Josh Sargent is the long term answer. I don't know if Josh Sargent, for what we're trying to do, is the starter. Not saying he's not a starting quality, but I don't think he helps the team from minute zero to. Either. The only the only upside that you have with Josh, with Sargent is what he was ultimately able to do in the second half where he saved that goal off the line. Right. Like, he, he hustles, he cares, he's a system player. Like, Yeah. I, don't, I think that's the hardest part for us is how do we want to play and who is in that group? And maybe the option at some point is to go with two forwards. Like, that's, two that's, true. You Maybe you take out Legette. Le and you throw in another nine, and now you 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 know you make it a four four two. Yeah, and you let we got to figure out Gio Reyna plus. Like, I don't think their strengths are on the wings. I think mm. one of them has to play on the wing, obviously. But the other one has to be in the middle. One of them, the other one has to be in the middle, and I yeah. think it, it could be interchanged hundred percent. It could be yeah interchanging all day. But I think that's the solution. I don't think sticking both of them out wide is. The solution. Yeah. Yeah. I also think we might be able to play with three in the back and have two, two wing backs flying up the field. But again, it depends on how we want to play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- there's a lot of opportunities there. Um, so we'll see Sunday against Mexico at nine o'clock. What do you think about Sebastian Legette? Like, what, what, why does he constantly play? I don't know. Is he like the first guy? Is, is it because he's in the MLS? He's always the first guy into camp. Because he's the closest. Sometimes it's it's one of those things that sometimes, you know, coaches end up having like their guys uh, or their players and stuff like that. Maybe, maybe legit. But he doesn't do a lot wrong. But no, he but. Doesn't change the, I, mean, I guess maybe we're looking for someone to change the game in that position, right? Well, when you got, when you got Tyler Adams sitting on the bench, Brandon Aronson coming off the bench, uh, but you also have Eunice Musa sitting on the bench the entire time, like, that's where like you're like uh, could we have done something different there? But again, you got the win. You ultimately in the final play Mexico on Sunday nine o'clock. That's really what mattered. I mean, in Mexico struggled with Costa Rica. They they it was it went yeah. came down to PKs. Navas, right? Yeah. So um so you so you go down to uh you know to go down to PKs if you're Mexico. So that, you know that that changes some things up, and we'll see. I mean, it would it would be a huge win if the U.S. beats Mexico on Sunday huge win i think it'll be a little bit of a morale boost going into what's left to come of the of the summer um which is really just a gold cup at this point um but but it'll be a good morale boost here and hopefully maybe you see mexico again in the world in the gold cup so yeah well kellen acosta should start i'm just saying i think tyler adams is hurt okay maybe that's why i think i think he's hurt or he has an injury but Kellen Acosta, I don't, I don't even remember seeing Jackson Ewell on the field yesterday, other than him subbing off. <laughs> like, seriously, I was like, what What did you, like, do? Yeah. Like, if you're going to play with one, let's put the one back there that's going to, like, wreck havoc. Right. 
not the one that's going to be back there for possession purposes. <laughs> um. All right, so we're moving. We're moving south. We're going south. Um. Comeball World Cup qualifiers re kicked back off after like. What the heck is going on down there? Like you guys are moving major tournaments to oh my country. So for a recap, Colombia, <laughs> Colombia. So Colombia and Argentina were set to host the the Libertadores or the Copa America this year. Um, and the way that they were bro- breaking it down was because there's ten countries in in Comebol. Um, the northern countries were going to play in the the northern five countries were going to play their group stage games in Colombia, the Southern five countries were going to play their group stage games in Argentina. Like that was the way it was decided. And then ultimately they would figure out where the semifinals or quarterfinals or whatever happened afterwards. Well, Colombia dropped out because of their, their like huge social issues that they have going on with, with people. Um, so understood, boom, they dropped out. So Argentina said to host it uh, last Thursday night. Uh, at like eleven o'clock at night, news comes out. Comebol said that Argentina is no long. Argentina is not no longer hosting the Copa America. Uh, so for like forty eight hours, everybody was like scrambling, like, "Oh my god, where is it going to be?" There was a moment where it was going to be like, uh, Chile and Paraguay were possibly going to host it together. Uh, there was talks of Ecuador. The U.S. got thrown into the mix at some point as well. Um, you know, the, all of a sudden everyone thought like, oh, well maybe they'll just do it in the U S cause you get have fans and, um, maybe the final will just be in the U S but ultimately that none of that ever happened. And all of a sudden Brazil, uh, became the, the host of the cup America for 2021, which ultimately starts in three, um, in three weeks, which, now becomes this entire big thing. Actually, sorry, not even three weeks. It starts Friday, June 11th. So literally, or no, next Sunday, uh, you know, June 13th. So now all of a sudden, like in a week in less than a week and a half, you have to start this in, in a different country. And the news that came out tomorrow, yesterday, was the fact that because Brazil plays today against Ecuador, um, the news that came out of that camp yesterday was that the Brazilian players are not happy with the fact that the Copa America is in Brazil. Like Casemiro not playing it. Why? So uh, they don't think it should be in Brazil. Brazil's not. So the, the whole point of Argentina not hosting is because Argentina is not dealing well with COVID right now. And Brazil ultimately is um, not any better. I thought it was going to be like more. Uh, you're right. COVID still exists. Yeah, so like it was a whole <laughs> big thing. It, I mean, it's a huge issue. Those um, say Brazil, this should be easy. You guys just held the World Cup and the Olympics, so the stadiums and stuff is there. Like and the Copa America. Oh yeah, twenty nineteen was there. So, but yeah, not anymore. I so I don't know. Everyone's really upset with this. Shout out to the people in the banner business because whoever's in the banner business for the Copa America is oh money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you go to see a banner over. You see somebody ship a banner over here. Copa America 2021, Colombia. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I want to get one of those. I, I want to find. Uh, I want to find one of those. Um. So yeah, so who, who knows what's going to happen with that? But anyway, so the the World Cup qualifiers restarted again uh, last night. 
So Bolivia beats Venezuela, which is a huge win for Bolivia. They're always strong at home, but it ultimately allows them to get their first win. Um, so you know now they're they're sitting at four points, which is not a bad place to be right now. You're above Venezuela and you're above Peru, who's struggling badly. Um, Uruguay, Paraguay, and that kind of leads me to my 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 fair play of the week. Uh, I, I'm gonna get ahead of this now. Uh, my fair play of the week goes out to the VAR uh because of i don't understand how this system works anymore no after the champions is it the champions league final yeah the champions league final where the ref is like right i'm like like go look at that thing because i mean maybe he's caught it in real time no no no. Like, i'm right. talking about i'm talking about the fact that like so uh, uruguay paraguay played yesterday um there was an offside call Yesterday in the offside, it should be the easiest thing for the VAR to figure out, right? Right. No, nope. like it should be like football. You draw a line, draw another yeah. line. Nope, because there was a player that was not even involved in the play that was called offside, and VAR reviewed it and said that this player was offside. The player was nowhere near the goalkeeper, didn't touch the ball. The one the ball went over him. He never made an attempt at the ball. Another player picks it up, rebounds it. There's another player that gets it and scores a goal, and they call the the goal offside. And to this time, like I've watched it a bunch of different times, I still don't really see where the offside was. Um, yeah. And then in the Argentina game, there was a VAR. There was a PK given uh, against Chile. Um, and ultimately, Argentina scored it. But that one was very clear. That was one of the times where like, it's helpful because from behind, in real time, you couldn't tell that this guy like um, slid in and didn't catch the ball, just only caught the player but you can only tell in the VAR, which again, that's where it's there for, right? To catch those little things that you can't see. Now the AR should have seen it, but it didn't get caught. Um, but then the Peru Columbia game, um, two red cards that I'm still not hundred percent convinced that they should have been red cards, all with VAR turnovers, like from yellow to reds. Um, so I think that's the, that's the tough, that's the tough part about VAR is that, might have been a yellow on the field, but then when you watch what actually happened, it's like, right. Yeah. Uh, you don't want it to happen. You're like, Hey, we got to stick with what we got. But at the same time, if it's significant enough, you got to change it. Right. And yeah. Yeah. That's part of the game. So ultimately Argentina ends up getting a draw against Chile. Um, not a terrible result. Uh, play Colombia in a couple of days. If we get a good result there, now everything's kind of squared away. Brazil plays Ecuador today. That's going to be a really big game that, uh, you know, that potentially if Ecuador wins, it, it could potentially knock off Brazil off first place. Still very early on. There's still 13 games to go. So it's still a lot, <laughs> a lot of time uh, and a lot of things will change, but, but it's good to get a good to get a result after so many years. Like to, FA Cup. Yeah. It's good to get a, and not, not a loss after so many, you know, months of not playing together. There's gotta be, yeah. There's gotta be some strategy to it. Like you gotta, Cause you yeah. know, like, it's again, like how we were talking about with the diamonds, like everybody knows each other. They play with each other, but, but they have to, well, not only that Argentina brought in a bunch of new players this year. Uh goalkeeper had never played on the national team before had been on the camp, but never like actually got any minutes. It was four players that played yesterday, two of them, which started that had never played on the national team before had never seen a minute on the national team before. So right. that's a huge, that's a huge thing because Argentina is known for not necessarily having a lot of turnover over the last couple of years. So uh, it was big. Um, So with that COVID, man, you better have a roster of 50. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, the Copa America, now the roster is up to 28. Um, So 
um, one last thing that came out yesterday that I think was was pretty cool. Uh, so the Futsal World Cup is happening this year. It's supposed to happen last year. Obviously, with COVID, it didn't happen. Um, so it's happening this year. It's in Lithuania. Uh, kicks off in September. Um, so Argentina, reigning Futsal World Cup champion uh, from Colombia 2016, on the same group as the USA. You, try, you want to go to Lithuania and watch the game? I mean, you're trying to record the podcast in Lithuania? I don't know what the time record is, but we can do it. <laughs> I mean, we might that might be like that's like Labor Day weekend though. So like that's always a busy tournament weekend for us. So that's maybe that's why we won't we won't go. Call it what do we call Le Chad? <laughs> call it Le Chad. <laughs> Le Chad. Uh but yeah, so Argentina and USA uh kick off group F of the Futsal World Cup. Hey, at least we made we made it to the World Cup. Made it to the World Cup, man. So for from from Concacaf, it's uh, USA, uh, Panama, Costa Rica, and Guatemala. I think that's why Kayla Navas wasn't playing yesterday. So I got, I'm in the World Cup already. <laughs> He's going to the Futsal World Cup. He's going to the Futsal World Cup. You're like, hey, look at this. Uh, for Comebol, it's Argentina, Paraguay, Brazil, and Venezuela. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, it'll like be UEFA. What's UEFA look like? Uh, UEFA's got Lithuania, right? Lithuania's in UEFA. Uh, Kazakhstan's not. Uh, Czech Republic. Um, RFU, which I'm not entirely sure what that is because it's got the like Olympic logo on it. Maybe it's a refugee. Oh, it's Russia because they can't. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, then you got. Um, Spain, Portugal, and Serbia. Um, yeah, so, just, so Group F is Argentina, USA, Serbia, and Iran. Yeah, I was just wondering how it, like, you know, are the powerhouse countries also powerhouses in futsal? But it's not, not uh, really. Not really. No, I mean, Russia was the last, um, was the last runner-up of the World Cup. In the futsal world cup uh brazil's always strong um spain is is usually very strong portugal is strong um but i have a feeling that 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 argentina group is going to be pretty strong so yeah I mean, so, if you look at the landscape of like the players that they get out of those countries you see the kind of yeah. translation there right yeah yeah so like you don't see England, but you don't see a lot of English players playing like futsal style. Like they play yeah. a lot, like you know what I mean? Bigger. For sure. For sure. Um, all right, player of the match. Wait, hold uh, on. We forgot about the Euros start Friday. Today? No, next Friday. Next Friday. Next Friday. The Euros next start Friday, next Friday. Not today. Yeah, so we'll talk about that next week. Next week, all right. Next week, we'll talk about the Euros. Yeah, England's going to fold, but I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> we'll talk about England and the Euros in a little bit, actually. We'll uh, fold. Uh, all right, my player of the match goes out to Dr. Hillary uh, because Hillary. because uh, she came out and took some pictures, did a little media day. Uh, and I also want to give her big props because I'm going to have to ask her to come out again, hopefully. So uh, so big props to Dr. Hillary for, for coming out and doing media day with the Diamonds. Uh, and taking some fantastic pictures for us. So, big shout out to her. Who's your player of the match? My players of the match is going to be the 2006 boys team. Um, big win. Big win. Um, and 
just conversations I heard on the sideline. Like the parents are great. They love it. They had some issues where they either won in the last 30 seconds or they lost in the last 30 seconds. So they were looking at that time on team staff, like, uh, like yeah. it's getting to that point. But, I mean, that group has always been close, right? They've just been always so close. Like, again, that last 30 seconds or first thing, whatever. Like, they've always been just right there. So, like, Wednesday was a big win. They kind of finally put it all together. You know, they're all starting to realize, hey, this is how I'm supposed to play. This is actually where I'm going to play. Moving yep. positions. I think they're all, all starting to figure it all out. So, just a big shout out to them. Um, on that win and for the last tournament because they're they're competing they're doing well yeah not bad um no it's a big big win for them i got to watch some of their game and they played well um big save by the keeper oh that's right big save um all right on this day in soccer history so uh going back to the euros of 1988 okay so 1988 so we're looking at june 4th 1988 uh England is getting ready to go to the, the Euros in Germany that year. Okay. So England's getting ready to go to the Euros in 1988. So they decide to play a game against Alsbury United. Now, Alsbury United is a non league team at this point. So they're like, oh, we need a preseason friendly, like, or pre tournament friendly. We're going to go play Alsbury United or Aylesbury United. Uh, so they were the Southern league champions, Southern league champions beat them seven, nothing. Right. Good They're like, Oh team. man. Oh man. Huge confidence, right? Huge confidence. So they beat him seven, nothing on June 4th, 1988. They go into the euros four days later, or sorry, uh, eight days later, eight days later and lose to Republic of England or Republic of Ireland. Uh, they lose to Ireland one, nothing. Then June 15th, they lose to the Netherlands 3-1, and they lose to the Soviet Union 3-1. Boom, they're out of the Euros. They didn't make it out of the group stage, scored two goals in three games, gave up seven. Um, so, so much for for this, like, warm-up game, right? I mean, why? Come on, you could have played somebody. You could have found somebody to play. Yeah. So You could have played the Chelsea U-17 reserves and got a better result. But shout out to Aylesbury United, man. Like that's hopefully they got that money. Yeah, that's right. Where's the where's the little compensation for that, right? They got that new stadium or something. They were trying to pay off something. They said, Yeah, we got you guys. <laughs> <laughs> what to do? All right. Well, I'll give you my fair play of the week earlier. Uh, who's your fair play of the week? Um, you kind of hit on my fair play of the week. Uh, just all the volunteers and staff that put together the 3D3 tournament. Again, there's a lot of work that goes into it. So just a shout out to them um i know it's going to be a successful day tomorrow i know everybody's going to have fun so just shout out to everybody you know behind the scenes that's setting everything up putting the work in so that you know the event runs as smoothly as possible absolutely yeah big shout out to them um and for pictures maybe a little live streaming at some point tomorrow maybe we might we might be able to set that up uh facebook.com slash delaware union on instagram at delaware union soccer and on twitter at the union soccer and of course follow the diamonds on Facebook and Instagram at DE Union Diamonds. Well, uh, this was 49. We're getting we're getting close, doing. We are getting very, very close. Uh, next week's a huge show going into the first week of the Diamonds game. 
So we'll hopefully have some more guests coming in. But as always, thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.